Welcome back to the Mountains in the Sea, where we find the highs and lows of each and every Prince album every other week. I'm Christy. And this is Josh. And today, today, we are flipping the record over, talking about the second half of Pandemonium. Monium, as we like to call it around here. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, I thought you were going to say like flip the pancake or something that might be cooked in a, a skillet. skillet. Oh, but well. you're right. This is side two of well, the album. Well, if Morris and all his buddies from the time can stand in the skillet over the heat. Sure they can. The sh- then the record can be in the skillet with them. That's true. Vinyl will be heat resistant. Yeah. Uh, maybe watch out for fumes if you decide to put a record into a skillet and uh we advise against that <laughs> i'm gonna cover cover our butts with uh any uh lawyer action i don't know i think someday we could you know when this thing runs its course and we retire we could have a new podcast called will it melt <laughs> and i think vinyl in a skillet would be kind of fun probably that'd probably have to be a youtube channel we'll make a great I think it'll make, I disagree. Just listen (laughs) to our first track coming up here, and you tell me if listening to someone cook can't be entertaining. Okay. Well, before we get to that, you had said there was something that you wished you'd said last time about the Pandemonium album, something about Warner Brothers and why they didn't end up, why Corporate World didn't end up happening because Warner Brothers had some opinions. They did. They had opinions. They wanted, and I'm sorry, I for, I've forgotten twice now. <laughs> uh, once when we did the podcast, and then just mere seconds ago. <laughs> yeah, so apparently Corporate World, which was primarily Morris and Prince again, uh-huh, that uh, was, was much... finished and delivered. Yeah, and that's how the previous Time albums had been. Morris and Prince yeah. did the stuff. Yeah, and, and then, then the time was really just a touring band, right? Uh, Warner Brothers rejected it, and I guess uh, you know Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis had had some success on their own. And they're like, "Nah, why don't you bring in the whole band and get more input from them?" So I'm kind of surprised that I don't know Prince at the time agreed. He was still very powerful and very opinionated, right? But that's how we ended up with. Pandemonium. That's right. Exactly. All right. You had mentioned that to me after the fact. You're right. I can't believe I didn't mention that. Yeah. And I said, well, it is a good thing for you that we have another episode about Pandemonium coming up. So it's a good here we thing go. for you, Josh, that your <laughs> wife will remind you about things you forgot twice. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so speaking of people being entertaining while they cook, I mean, there is an entire channel and many many youtube shows based on this very thing that watching people cook yeah that's true is entertaining yes of course that was not a thing when cooking class was recorded oh i beg to differ yan can cook was very entertaining there were no youtube channels where people watch people cook that's what i'm saying oh okay was yan there was no food network in 1990 was there think yet but there were a proliferation of cooking shows on pbs yeah yeah i remember old yan that was fun yan can cook i loved yan can cook he should have been on uh iron chef Uh uh-huh i agree 
Actually, listen to this. Morris could have been on. There, there you go. Iron Chef. Mm-hmm. That's right. They have to set up the first actual song of this side of the LP right. so that it'll sizzle. That's right. So it's a it's another skit. Uh huh. Cooking class. Cooking class. Forty three seconds of just um, somewhat improvised goofiness. I guess uh-huh. is how I would describe it. Yeah, Morris is singing to himself as you do. While cooking, make it funky. Na, na, na. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you notice that there's a clear edit that they didn't really bother trying to fix with some extra sizzle or anything? Like at 27 seconds, you can hear this kind of sharp edit where the skillet frying makes starts making a different sound, like all of a sudden. Oh. So it sounds very much like um, there's a cut there of some kind. I think I need to go to the grocery store, though. Okay. That's my only no. complaint about this. Otherwise, no. it is silly fun. Oh, okay, I thought it kind of sounded like there was a panicked moment. They're panicked, and then they seem to get over it pretty quickly. It was like someone poured water in the skillet. Yeah, or something. I need to go get more food, and then they're panicked, and then they're... Oh, but no, we're just going to laugh it off and have fun. Cause yeah, they don't need whatever. to get more food. They need to go to the grocery store. Oh, yes. Pick up a few things. Yeah. Yeah, and then Morris sets himself up. Listen to me. And then he does the uh, little improv rhyming. Yeah. Which I think is it's very fun. It's just silly. 43 seconds. Yeah, exactly. Okay. You, yeah, exactly. But now that the pan's all preheated... That's it, definitely preheated. It's, it's pre-cooked. That's right. It's time for Skillet. Skillet. Mm-hmm. No known Not, Prince involvement in the song. Right. And no definite article either. It's just the, Skillet. Uh-huh. It's not the Skillet. Right. Which I find myself wanting to say. That's right. Well, but, he sings it that way. Uh-huh. You know, like there's another time song, much older, that is not called Stick. It's called The Stick. Uh-huh. So here we are. Not the skillet. Just skillet. Skillet. <laughs> yeah, so there's not even a Prince Vault page about this song, Mm-mm. so it's safe to assume that there was. this is one of those songs that came up after Corporate World was rejected by Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, they quickly, I mean, the assault against trendy new ways of cooking <gasps> continues. We don't need no microwave. We don't need no I clearly remember a Christmas as a kid growing up where all the women in our family got a microwave for Uh Christmas. Yeah. And I wanted to look up when that was, and it was somewhere around 1980, 1981. Okay. In case you don't know what a microwave is. (laughs) Oh, jeez. It's a microwave oven, commonly referred to as microwave, according to Wiki. It heats and cooks food by exposing it to electromagnetic ra- ma- electromagnetic radiation in the f- microwave frequency range. Okay. It which, basically agitates the water in the food yes. and makes it warm. Yeah. You're right. Warmer. Right. I wondered, when were microwaves like available for residential use? It was in the late 70s that they became used. So if you think about it, I found it very hard to believe that when this song was released, not when it was recorded, but when it was released, microwaves had only been affordable for residential use for about 12 or 13 years. Uh-huh. Yeah, because I guess they started 
in the 40s, the 40s or 50s, I think. And they were huge, like six feet tall and oh. for restaurant use. Okay. Yeah. And That's then, how you could walk in and put you know people's food in there. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> I don't I imagine. Like, what kind of burning questions could our listeners have? <laughs> about microwave about, ovens. About skillet. About, you know, why does Morris have this aversion to punching buttons and not like cooking over a flame? I have to say I agree for many things like an actual cooking sure. scenario a skillet yeah is pro- far preferable to a microwave but if you're going to warm up leftovers something it's you cooked so in the much... skillet yeah the night before yeah or or even if it's something you cooked in skillet the night before uh, that's right if you didn't even put a definite article in the skillet <laughs> you could put it in the microwave to heat it up and there. eat it later <laughs> okay there's some really great guitars. To kick it off. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Jesse Johnson. Mm-hmm. Some very fun drums as well. And there's lots of cowbell in the song, too, <laughs> which I'd never really noticed before. But like 20 to 35 seconds as the song starts, there's... Oh, it's easy to say. Ooh, heavy guitar solo. Ooh, drums. Uh-huh. Ooh, Ooh, cowbell. <laughs> Did somebody give you one as a Christmas gift? Ooh, thank you for the cowbells. (laughs) Yeah, so they start off with the we don't need no microwave Mm -hmm. chant. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The skillet is something special. Plain old pots and pans aren't the same as the skillet. Right. Mm -hmm. I also like the line... Cool calls time out for the flame. Oh, okay. Before the first chorus. I thought that's kind of a fun, overlooked line. Maybe a reference to the song Cool. Okay. Cool calls time out for the flame. Not the cool. <laughs> okay. But cool. Yeah. Cool calls time out for the flame. Like, he's almost... His essence has to say, I'm going to stop being cool because I've got a fire here that I'm uh-huh. cooking over. That's right. I've got to stop being cool because I'm so hot. That's right. Yeah. Now is not the time for cool. That's right. Grease is popping. It's fun play on chicken grease. That's right. In the skillet, the grease Even though that was a Prince thing. Yeah. Was still... Well, he, he stole it from other places. Right. Sure. I the lots of rhyming with the heat's jumping, the grease is popping, something cooking. There's a lot of ing's. Uh-huh. Makes it easy to fit the rhyme scheme. That's right. Verbing. That's right. Verbin. Verb. Yeah. Verbin. <laughs> yeah. It's not ing. It's in. Right. Yeah. With an apostrophe. Yep. In the skillet, the groove is brown. You think it ain't? He's already setting up. He likes his food cooked through. Mm-hmm. We'll hear more about that in a minute. Okay. And then he references the Segway that they just came off. That's right. Get some cooking glass. Yeah. Takes more than a hat to call yourself a chef. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
No yeah. one said this was the deepest time album that no, there was, no. but we did say that it was fun. That's right. And this continued. I think it's very fun. <laughs> and then there's all these fun music cooking illusions. And then just in case you don't get it, are we cooking food? No. What's cooking? We're cooking up groove in the skillet. We're cooking music. We're cooking up something to hear, not actual food, just yeah. in case you didn't get it. And I mean, there's a big old, next to the skillet, I think there's a big old pot of testaroni because there's <laughs> just a bunch of guys who are chanting this, right? Uh-uh. We're cooking up the groove in the skillet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. <laughs> then uh, Morris calls out. All the different people so that they can add another level of flavor to the dish. Yeah. Jelly bean. And then Jimmy Jam. Now, personally, I like to use a little hot sauce. Jimmy Jam, spice it up. Jesse. That's right. Cut them, Jesse. Jesse. It's all like these prep terms that, uh-huh. you know, get turned into it's your time to shine, mm-hmm. band member. Mm-hmm. We get a look into Morris's cooking techniques, too. Salt, garlic. Now, give me some pepper. That's good, he says <laughs> at two minutes and 43 seconds. Mm-hmm. Now, personally, I like to use a little hot sauce. Yeah. I think that's fun. That's his his seasoning. Yeah. And he's not afraid to put it right into the skillet. I no. would be like, that spice is going to cook out a little. I would save some to apply Your after aunt. the groove has browned, you know. Maybe it's a depth of flavor thing. It could be. He's not saying, I'm not going to use this again later. Mm-hmm. He's just using it right then. Right. After the salt, garlic, and pepper. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then he needs a little shortening. I think I need a little shortening. Mm-hmm. It never really, I mean, you're much more of a cook than I will ever be. Shortening. Mm-hmm. Did it get its name because it shortens the cook time of stuff? I don't think so, but I don't know. How did, okay, I was like, why Why did, sh- how did it get the name shortening? I, I, I have no idea. Okay, well, I guess we can look that up and post it. On our social media, Christy. Oh, yes. You can find us on Facebook, The Mountains and the Sea, a Prince podcast. You can find us on Twitter at TMATS, T-M-A-T-S podcast. Or you can send us an email, podcast at gmail.com. I don't think Morris would um, last long in our house at four minutes and seven seconds. Raw like sushi my ass. <laughs> you better put it in a skillet and cook it. Raw like sushi my ass. Now, I like cooked food. Me too. Quite a bit. There's mm-hmm. there's very I mean, there's not a lot of food that I don't like. But sushi is part of that. And in fact, sushi I might rate higher than anything you could cook in a skillet. Uh-huh. Yes, me too. So, I take issue. Uh-huh. MD. Yes, me too, especially since I would like some raw footage on my upcoming birthday. I will get it here. Yeah. 
Gladly. I could go for some sushi right now. Oh, you and me both. But, <sighs> uh, but you know, they don't seem to know what they're doing either because... Uh, <laughs> A bunch of guys don't know what they're doing? Yeah. Well, okay. you know, there's plenty of great chefs and cooks who are men and that's, you know, typically chefs tend to be a male dominated field because it's quite demanding and of a lot of time, particularly in nights and evenings and weekends and things like that. So it can make it more challenging for both parents to be involved in that sort of situation. But he says, give me that spatula. He's annoyed that they're not doing it right. That's right. He tells them, get out of the way. Like, do I have to do everything, boys, <laughs> myself? He just doesn't like how they do it. They're not necessarily doing it wrong. He just doesn't like how they're doing it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We get more uh, testosterone chanting. Too many cooks in the kitchen that don't know how to cook it right. Uh-huh. If you've got the time, we got the skillet. Yep. Joking everything in sight. The chance continue. Yes, exactly. And uh, <laughs> Morris says, all I want to know is, can I fry a barbecue rib in this skillet? And I'm like, are you barbecuing? Are you barbecuing it or are you frying it? Because those are two different methods of cooking. Well, that's why he's asking. Well, you cannot make a barbecue rib in a skillet. Okay. We don't really get an answer. I was like, I don't know about that, JB. it's It's one of these threads that are left loose. In the tapestry that is pandemonium. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like the wording of, is it Jerome or Jellybean who says, you know, after I eat dinner, I like to have some dessert. So I'd like to know, what's for dessert? Now, Mo Dane, Jimmy Jam, hey, you live. Yeah, after I eat dinner, I like to have some dessert. Yeah, so I'd like to know what's for dessert. Just like how it's worded. I'd like to know. Like, it's a polite way of asking. Uh-huh. I'd like to know. So it's much better than, like, I think of our kids. What's for dinner? What are we eating? Like, I expect that you made something for us. Am I going to like it tonight? But I think if they said, hey, mom, yeah, after I eat your dinner, I like to have some dessert. So I'd like to know, what's for dessert? Oh. You'd probably chuckle a little bit. Uh-huh. I, yeah, I would. Mm-hmm. And uh, we kind of get a answer to what's for dessert that's similar to the gimme little bit of that pepper from cooking class right uh-huh. sweeter than honey sweeter than cake sweeter than sugar baby that's what i like to make he's just ready yeah he's ready with the rhymes that's right and uh you know he's uh they're not done objectifying women because, uh, uh, n- no, never, but they kind of really haven't done that. This is a song about music. And then they get to the speaking of cake, man, why don't you check out that girl over there, man? Speaking of cake, man, what about that checkout girl over there, man? Oh, yeah. 
I think he like, says, what about that checkout girl? Oh, that over checkout there? girl. Yes. But yes, it's just like another, this infatuation with retail female employees. And it's not the last time we'll hear it either. No. So, yes, some objectifying, although... Um, it's mild it's, and... It is mild and somewhat flirty harmless. Flirty and fun, yeah. And, yeah, and it's not in her face. No. They're far enough away to be out of earshot. Okay. So it's kind of the most courteous, objectifying <laughs> statement that you could possibly make. Kudos to those guys. <laughs> I guess that's the way to find the silver lining. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm here for, just to point out the goodness. <laughs> and I love how they talk about how they're done with the cooking at the end. Oh, yeah. Like, they're all, like... It all kind of falls apart. And... Yeah. <laughs> it's so fun. Yeah. They're just a bunch of fun. Yeah. It sounds like just goofing around in the in the studio. Yep. Then we have another song with no known prince involvement. Right. It's your world. Yeah, it's the time going from goofy party songs to skillet to an inspirational jam, kind of like one day I'm going to be somebody. Uh-huh. It's this kind of uplifting, encouraging thing. Uh-huh. And I thought even though there's no Prince involvement, I thought it has a little touch of She's Always in My Hair. Oh, And the song that's just fair. maybe the drum sound and the flanging or mm-hmm. flanging. Flanging or flanging? Flanging, I think. Flanging, mm-hmm. not phalanging. No, you do that with your fingers. Correct. Yeah. But flanging, uh-huh. which I defined in a previous episode. <laughs> yes. I don't and now you can't remember how to say it. I can't remember how to say it. I barely remember what it means. <laughs> but I know I put it in my notes. So there you go. Uh, yeah, so at first it wasn't clear who he was talking to. Oh, okay. So I think he's talking to himself. Okay. A little but, like cream. Uh-huh, yes. It's a little... Uh, a little pep talk? Yeah, a little pep talk. But... Mm-hmm. At first, I thought he was talking maybe to a partner, because he so often speaks to a female partner. Yeah. You like to take, what do you give? about him talking to himself he's like how do i grow as a person i have taken all of these things and now i need to grow but i'm like oh but wait now he's all concerned about altruism when he's talking to a partner like oh wait he takes all the time and now he's annoyed that somebody's taking from him so either he's talking to himself and giving himself a pep talk or uh, somebody's beating morris at his own game Oh, that could be. I don't think he would like that very much. I no. don't think that he would like the female version of Morris Day. Oh, he would no. not put up with that. No. Yeah. Mm-mm. There's a little reference to the skillet. He's a minute and 57 mm-hmm. seconds. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The skillet, the fire, which one is worse? Right. I'm like, well, the the skillet, the previous song, there was nothing bad about that. 
It was all good. But, mm-hmm. Yeah. I also think that, uh, you know, Prince's lack of involvement, you wouldn't hear him sing about voting. Yeah, I kind of uh, thought maybe, that too. Maybe at this time you would, but he really didn't do that. But, uh, you know, if you don't vote, opportunity is elusive. On trial is destiny. Only you can change it. The verdict is still out. Mm-hmm. When leadership is lacking, guess who's to blame? If you don't vote, opportunity is elusive. On trial is destiny. Only you can change it. The verdict is still out. That was just kind of a very unprince kind of line. Yes. And I thought it was uh, interesting that Morris would include that when it's so very often very capitalist sort of playboy, very interested in only himself. And now he's got this... I think this is part of him talking about growing. Yeah. You know, it's your world. What are you going to contribute to it as well as taking from it? I think it's all right to show a sliver of maturity. Oh, yes. On your fourth album with this band. Um, He better better show some maturity here because there's not going to be more opportunities with the time for... (laughs) I don't think he knew to that. To show that. But yes, no. you are correct. I yeah. think that they probably thought this is uh, kind of a rebirth of the album. You know, the label's calling for us to come together. And then they would break up almost immediately after. Um, you know, who knew that in a band of men that, you know, they could get hot heads <laughs> and maybe oh. clash a little. Mm-hmm. They call out some horns. But yeah, but there are no horns. There are no horns there since. Which yeah. is a very Prince thing to do. It is a very Prince thing to do. But there are horns and saxophones on the album. So, uh-huh. like, you could have had it. It really ought to be, you know, I guess it's just not as cool to call out for synths. Yeah, I guess not. Yeah. You know, I like the call for a little personal responsibility, whether he's talking to himself or singing to somebody else. You know, stop placing blame. But uh, it does seem to thematically drift a bit from the previous tracks on this album. Mm-hmm. But like I said, so does One Day I'm Gonna Be Somebody. You know, it's kind of this pep talk thing also. So we go from seduction to grooving to pep talking. Mm-hmm. And that's just what you're going to get with the time. That's right. It's a, I think... Pretty reasonably fun with slightly less shallow lyrics. True. Yeah. That's why what I meant by thematically, it shifts a little bit from the previous tracks on the album. There you go. Yeah. I could have seen that being a single also. Sure. But it wasn't. No. And then we have the third song in a row with no known Prince involvement. Right. Sometimes I get lonely. Long song, too. Six minutes and 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. Ballad. Ballad. Slow jam. Mm-hmm. Features Morris's vocals, which I would still say are a little underrated. That he's mm-hmm. a good singer. He can carry a tune. He hits some notes on this track. Yep. Uh, I think it suffers a little bit from Hey Girl. Bound, chicka, bound, bound. There's a little bit of that going on. Yeah, it's got a very, very... 80s ballad feel. Yes, it does. And in the chorus, I had forgotten about this group called the Daisies that was Morris's 
girl group. Huh. Um, I believe the Daisies are singing background on this. Of course, there's not a Prince Vault entry for this song. And I completely spaced looking it up in the uh, lyric book, but I think the Daisies are singing background. It's a girl group that... It's a it's a ladies uh-huh. assembly that <laughs> Morris put together. They had one album that is around this house somewhere. Oh, too. okay. The Day-Zs. Oh, Okay. As in Morris Day. Yes. You get it. See what he's doing there. I do. I understand. Okay. Uh, Our scoundrel has a heart after all. Never thought I'd miss you. Uh Uh-huh. But this feeling I can't hide. Yep. Never thought I'd miss you. But this feeling I can't hide. And then in the chorus, it tells us that he's missing one particular person. That's right, one. There's one person. There's, you know, everyone's got to check out girl somewhere. I'm <laughs> sure it'll work out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think there's a nice moment at three minutes and eight seconds when he says, you know, if you're not coming back, let me know so I can find some happiness. Mm-hmm. Somewhere else. And there's a nice little pause before somewhere else that I thought works mm-hmm. pretty nice. Like, yeah. if you're not coming back, then I'll just take my business elsewhere, <laughs> which is a very Morris thing. Yeah. I also want to give Morris Day credit uh, when he says, so what's it going to be, baby? It's time you start thinking about me. (laughs) So Uh my my credit to Morris Day is that he doesn't ask anything of a lady that he doesn't already do himself. So he's very (laughs) unhypocritical when it comes to being lonely. He thinks about himself all the time and all he wants from a partner is someone who does the same. Also thinks about Morris all the time. Right. This is the <laughs> the take and take relationship that he's looking for. Oh. So what's it going to be, baby? I think it's about time to start thinking about me. Yeah, because I was going to say, you know, he tells us he's missing this one person, and then he's this fakey fakers in where yeah. he's says he's going to just, you know, spread himself around. Yep. He isn't going to wait on her. Nope. But she's clearly the person that he wants to spend time with. And then, oh, wait, he's mad because she doesn't think about his needs enough. Like, there's our narcissist that we know and love. That's right. Enough. Or maybe he thinks never. Because the line is, I think it's about time you start thinking about me. Well, whatever. I know. They may not even have a relationship. This might be the checkout girl that he's looking at. Yeah, that he's never even met before. Yeah, he's literally never had a conversation, doesn't know her name. Yep. Which would also be very Morris. like Uh Uh-huh. I'm going to profess my love to this. Yeah, never. Person that I've literally never had a conversation with. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a nice falsetto when he sings, Sometimes I Get Lonely for Love <laughs> at four minutes. Okay. Yeah. 
he hits a good note there, and yeah. I think um, he's an underrated singer, which is another reason that makes me sad that he's kind of turned into a hip hop pimp rapper uh-huh. thing now. I don't know. There's a lot of talent there that is being a little wasted, if you ask me. Mm. Well, sorry, he didn't go in a re- direction you could follow, but <laughs> I follow it. I mean, I've heard it. Uh huh. Yes, but you're not like a aficionado. That is not my skillet, you mm-hmm. might say. No. That is, that's Teflon. Mm-hmm. I let that just roll right off me. There you go. There's some nice uh, guitars and this kind of plucky, peckish sort of keyboards near the end. It's it's nice, but it's yep. very predictably 80s ballad. Yep, it is with the very echoey drums mm-hmm. and kind of a bluesy guitar thing going on. Yeah. I would say no harm, no foul, but it's a little predictable. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's Morris being coy again, you know, like sometimes I get lonely, like looking for attention purposefully. Like it does, it almost seems like this was Gigolos Get Lonely too yeah. was written by Prince. I want to write my own version of this song. Right. Yeah. And this is how I'm going to do and it. This, and this is it. Yeah. Yeah. When I was a kid, I couldn't have been 10 or something like that, listening to the Time album, and I saw the title of Gigolos Get Lonely Too, and uh, I was a young white boy uh-huh. and had <laughs> grown up in a pretty, uh-huh. I don't know, privileged life, and I had no idea what a gigolo was. Uh-huh. Like, what is a gigolo? Gigolos Get Lonely Too? What is that? I can imagine one of our kids coming to ask us what that was, and I'd be like, I have no idea what a gigolo I is. I don't know. Let's look at it together. <laughs> and as soon as they spell it, you're like, oh. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that gigolo was some kind of... Uh... So it's like when uh, somebody does the limbo yes a man does the limbo on, you're cheering them on yeah, yeah. Guy Guy go go low. <laughs> but then we head into princeville again that's right that's right with data bank mm-hmm. two words which i don't know bothers me <laughs> it does I've always thought of it as one word. Right. I, don't, I don't know why. I didn't even look it up. To, is one word data bank even a word? It might not be. But it is in my head. Okay. But I just see data bank and it looks uh-huh. kind of like clumsy. Weird. Yeah. yeah. Five minutes and 36 seconds of data bank that was a Prince song recorded in June of 1986 mm-hmm. along with Can't Stop This Feeling I Got and We Can Funk. Mm-hmm. Maybe planned for the... Dream Factory album. Right. We will take a listen to Prince's version of this song, even though this is still Prince's version as he plays most instruments on the track. But it was reworked in the summer of 1989 and is kind of a different take on it mm-hmm. altogether. Yep. And it was referenced in Jerk Out. Yeah. Yeah. He's kicking the chick out of his room. Right. And uh, tells her to leave your number on the table by my data bank. Bank. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I love you, but you got to go. Uh, five seconds, we get the obligatory computer sound that yep. repeats throughout this song. Uh-huh. But it's super fun. It is fun. Just like a little keyboardy thing that gives it a little, I don't know, 
CRT monitor, clicky clacky keyboard, floppy drive, computer uh-huh. kind of sound. A train. That was the sound that computers made. Oh, yeah. That's what yeah. they did. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Bleep, blop, bloop. I thought that of all the songs they selected out of Prince's unreleased catalog, one with the opening line of, if you've got the love, I've got the time. Since there. there you go. Give me your number and I'll drop a dime on you. Uh-huh. Would, a, would a teenager today even know what drop a dime means? I don't think so. And I was thinking about that because I'm like, ooh, they'd probably think that was a drug reference. But it's back when, <laughs> would they even know what a payphone was? Probably. Uh, I mean, yes and no. I mean, I think our kids have seen payphones a handful of times, maybe. In but, TV shows, I think, is more like yeah. Yeah, you but I mean, them. like, in real life, yeah. I, rarely do we see a payphone anywhere. Right. And, you know, it might have been a quarter by this time to make a local phone call, but it used to be a dime, yeah. 10 cents for yeah. a local call. That's what he's saying. I yeah. would drop a dime on you. Prince I would spend love to point out that cents. it was 10 cents to make a call. Like, how uh-huh. come you don't call me anymore? He sings, just uh-huh. one lousy dime. Right. And here we are again with drop a dime. Drop a dime on me means mm-hmm. give me a call. That's right. Stella gets another call out at one minute and eight seconds. He says uh, during the chorus, "I feel like I want. I'm feeling like I want to put you in my data bank." Oh, pretty Stella. Uh huh. I'm like, you can't even like call her by her real name. Stella's your generic Morris, girl name. Morris doesn't have time to learn names. <sighs> I mean, you never heard him call a woman by her name that well, I can think of. Like, mm. you know, oh, Melissa. Yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't work. Oh, what a juvenile slight on other dudes. They might be bedwetters. That's right. <laughs> Prince sings that line. It's very, I don't know. It's very coy and lovable. Here, yes, it's almost like Morris has got an insult for everyone. Uh huh. It's just so different to hear the two of them deliver these lines hmm. and how different it sounds coming out of each of their mouths. He's threatened by tall athletes, six feet tall, skinny legs, and all making love come second to basketball. Mm-hmm. In other words, I don't wear tennis shoes. Yeah. Yeah, I just think Morris comes off as a little bit of a braggart. Uh, a little bit of a braggart, but he's also showing his insecurity. Yeah. It's just kind of uh-huh. interesting. Yeah. There's some Max Hedrum treatments yes. on the words data bank. After they sing, fellas, take it to the bridge. Data bank. Yeah. Which is also 
a sound a computer would make. Yeah. You know. Which is why Max Hedrum spoke the way he did, because he was computer. I remember. So this is um, Prince on all instruments, according to Prince Vault, but at 2 minutes and 38 seconds, there's a saxophone. Which I'm guessing is Candy Dulfer and not Prince playing the saxophone. But I've got no evidence to say who it was. But since Candy appeared on a lot of this album and Graffiti Bridge, I'm going to guess it was Candy. Mm-hmm. He says, if, if you come with me, you'll cry no more. I have to give him the benefit of the doubt. De- the doubt here that he's saying she won't be heartbroken because he's going to be honest with her uh, from the start and tell her to expect nothing from him. I guess. I mean, none of his malice is very hidden, right? No. He wears his stupidity on his sleeve uh-huh. yeah. for the world to see. That's right. Well, and he's just calling her pretty Stella. Yep. He's yeah. no, I'm not even going to bother to learn your name, so I can't hardly break your heart, right? right. If you know to expect nothing from me. That's right. Yeah. Uh, except for me to make requests for you to think of me. Mm-hmm. So at least yes. start. Come yeah. on. Come on. <laughs> I love all the schools in at the towards the end of the song here. Schools in. The teacher's got a table for two. Schools in. The teacher's got a table for two. If you wanna come up and the teacher's got a bottle of pop. And I think the teacher wants to slide. Just a lot of teacher references. Uh, yeah. And then he, because, uh, and it kind of sounds like maybe he's hot for teacher. He's going to do the peckerwood. Is that a dance? Oh no, that's a slur, which I did not know. A peckerwood is a poor white person. Oh. Uh huh. So maybe the teacher is going to have relations with poor white man. Hmm, because the line is schools in y'all, the teacher's feeling kind of good. And when you get inside it, don't try to fight it, just do the peckerwood. Yeah, like do the poor white person. Okay. I was like, wow, I had no idea because I was like going to look for this. Uh, the Peckerwood, oh. is this a dance? Yeah. And then, nope, it was a wild ride, let me tell you, because oh. nope, it's not a dance, it's a slur. And oh, by the way, now it's been co opted by white supremacists. And in a lot of places in California, there's Peckerwood games, gangs, oh. which are prison gangs and stuff i'm like Mm. wow that was a wild ride for uh, what i thought was looking up a dance wow well um the white supremacists may have it oh yes exactly because we don't want uh any pecker wood gangs on the side of equality no you just keep that yeah that's right and then the song kind of ends in a fun manner with the same said computer sound mentioned earlier Mm -hmm. 
Then we have a companion song, mm-hmm. sister song to one that we've talked about before. Yes. My Summertime Thing. Another long one, mm-hmm. six minutes and 52 seconds. Mm-hmm. Written and produced by Prince, along with many instruments and background vocals. And it shares the same backing track with the latest fashion. It does. Mm-hmm. Which is strange. If you ask me, that's strange. Oh, I thought it was cool. Well, there's a version of it that they recorded that has original music, so I don't understand why you would ditch that and replace it with basically the same song on the soundtrack from Graffiti Bridge. I don't get it. Okay. Sounds a bit like a a dog, maybe? Mm -hmm. (laughs) At the beginning of this. Yeah, I don't I don't know why. Just it's because a, it's a they, way to start a song. It's the thing that they do. Yes. Prince loved to do all the sound effects, put them in there, something you didn't expect. Right. Yeah. Again, Candy Dolfer appears on this uh track a lot. Uh and we get Morris with another retail mention. I think about you when I'm sleeping. I think about you when I'm at the mall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think about the summer I first met you most of all. I think about you when I'm sleeping. I think about you when I'm at the mall. I think about the summer I first met you most of all. Um, it just kind of sounds a little like this was written and recorded in 1983, which is when it was originally recorded. Like right. That would be where young Prince and Morris would hang out. Uh-huh, at the mall. To Yes, to check out the cuties. Mm-hmm. And then he says later, Jerome says, Yo, what's up, MD? And he says, Meet me at the mall. There's a cutie working there you would not believe. <laughs> yes. I don't believe it, Morris. You go to the mall? Yo, what's up, MD? Meet me at the mall. There's a cutie working there you would not believe. Ten minutes? No. Right. Wish I had some indication of that being a preference of where you like to shop. I, <laughs> I mean, yes. That they were like perpetually wishing they were still in high school. Yes, going and hanging out at the mall at this time was a very high school it thing was. to do. It still is. I weirdly, mean, is it? Oh well, yeah, that's true. Our friend's kid does go yeah. and hang out at the mall. Yeah. It's like snatching maturity from the grips of stupidity. I don't know. Or maybe the other way around. Okay. (laughs) But it's kind of a cute, breezy. Mm -hmm. But again, the whole name of the song and chorus is about a refusal to call a woman by her name. If you want to get, you know, brass tacks about it. That's right. She says summertime thing. Yeah. Not Heather. Correct. Petunia. My summertime petunia. <laughs> At three minutes, there's a little instrumental part with a repeating print sample where he goes, ooh. Uh, starts at like 302, three minutes and two seconds and repeats. And you can hear it in the latest fashion also. Mm-hmm. <laughs> This part made me laugh. Too many cooks in the kitchen. What? I don't know how to cook it right. Hold it. We already did that. <laughs> we already did that. <laughs> Can't 
he's just like, oh, I like that part. I want to yeah, do it again. It was my favorite part so far. <laughs> oh, I loved it. I thought it was very funny. Yeah. And they're trying to push unnamed females on Jerome to find Jerome a girl or something, man. Get him out of here. Uh-huh. Find Jerome a girl or something. Get him out of here. Okay. Yep. He can't find a lady friend himself. <laughs> Three minutes and 54 seconds. There's a repeat from cooking class. Make it funky. Da, da, da. Mm-hmm. Yep. Make it, make it, make it, make it funky. Da, da, da. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, there's that. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say at uh, four minutes and 52 seconds, there's also the spot where you would hear... The crowd cheering, jam, Jimmy, jam, Jimmy, jam, in the latest fashion, but they don't have it in this version. Uh-huh. Just like I already knew the latest fashion so well. You uh, even though the song came out first, I expected it here, but it's not here. Oh, it's so exhausting. Yeah, there's some little fun, otherworldly sort of synths in there. Yep, yeah. there are. It gets a little repetitive. It does. It's, it feels extended, like just jamming for the sake of jamming. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So the, that instrumental part where Prince raps in the latest fashion is still uh, right after five minutes and 52 seconds where mm-hmm. there's the uh, shout out for the bird. Uh-huh. Yeah. There's some like catalog references. There are catalog references, right? <laughs> so if you're not a fan of Prince's rapping... Here you basically have the same song with the rap edited out. Oh, so there you go. good for you. Yeah. Things are looking up. And then they talk about how it's about time to go. Uh, it's been oh, there. We gotta get out of here. Oh, we, we I'm like did six that. and a half minutes. It's time to get out of here. Yep, we're yep. gonna wind it down. Uh-huh. Okay. There's something that screamed or said right before the retreating car sound. And I can't quite figure it out. There's like a yell of some. It's unintelligible. I couldn't tell what it was. And so I was trying to listen to it a bunch of times. I'm like, is it backwards? Nope. It doesn't make any more sense backwards than it does forwards. I'm not even sure I can hear that in my head, Mm. what you're talking about. So I'll have to go back and listen. And to wrap up the album, we get uh, one final segue. That's right. A segue to nothing. That's right. A segue (laughs) to the exit of the album, Pretty Little Women. Yeah. Um, Morris Rex's car. Yep. It won't start after the accident. Uh-huh. Oh, but, Lord. But at least we have evidence that he is safety-minded. <laughs> the seatbelt unclicks as he sings oh. a little improvised Pretty Little Women. You can hear him unbuckle himself. So, oh, so. Which is probably why he wasn't hurt in the accident to begin with. Okay. I didn't hear that as a seatbelt unbuckling. I heard it as a gun cocking. Oh. Like that he that was like... Dark. That he like got out of the car and he's not afraid to walk on this road at night because he's got himself some protection. Oh, well, you know what? Prince is the one that's singing into a gun. <laughs> Morris never mentions one that I know of. No. So I guess I'm going firmly. I'm I'm on team seatbelt here. Okay. I can I can buy into that. I think Morris I mean could end up on like a ticket or click it, click it or ticket 
PSA thing. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Give me a little bit of that clicking. <laughs> All uh, right. Strangely, Pretty Little Women is not on the list of skits on Prince Vault, though it clearly is yes. one too. Did you notice that? Yeah, so why I did. Was so I don't know why. No idea. It's clearly a skit. All I know is if the time is ever able to record under their name again, the next album better start with Morris walking on a country road. Uh-huh, with yeah, like, crickets and or maybe it starts in Kansas City. Oh, there you go. Which that's what that's why I thought it was the gun, because we watched uh, Fargo and it was the Kansas City mafia that was part of the final season that we didn't yeah. finish. Yeah. True. I still say seatbelt. Okay. That's fine. Okay. I'm just telling you where my mind went. All right. Yeah. Now that we've come to the end of the music, it is time for us to make selections. Oh, so so soon? Oh, yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, we choose three things. A time capsule, something that exemplifies when the material was recorded or when it was released. The sea, the low point, and the high point, the mountain. Right. Hence the mountains and the sea. That's where this thing got its hey. name. Uh. Actually, no, it's got its name from mountains. You're right. All right, so these are my rules. So I go first. The time capsule. Yeah. For me, sometimes mm-hmm. I get lonely because it's such an 80s sounding ballad and he calls the woman he's talking to a tease which is a very late 80s early 90s sort of term yeah well we can make this uh segment real short because i completely agree (laughs) okay same reason just sounds like a late 80s early 90s r&b ballad it's a little no it's fine there's nothing wrong with it Uh uh-huh it just sounds dated it's sounds dated and it sounds Face says it sounds more than dated I don't like it mm-hmm. I don't know I'm a little jaded not okay. dated sometimes I get lonely Okay. I don't know uh, I like how many ways does Morris Day want women to fall in love with him by being so cool and popular or by being a little sad and by himself sometimes yeah, he like he's a little vulnerable yeah I don't know. Just get the man a skillet and some Crisco <laughs> and some barbecue ribs. Mm-hmm. Can I fry a barbecue rib in the skillet? No, you cannot. Right. There are two different methods. That's of right. Cooking. That's like saying, "Can I grill some pot, fried chicken?" Uh, an instant pot roast. <laughs> Can I grill some fried chicken? Can I no, microwave you can't grill a crockpot soup. Oh, jeez. All right. The low point, the sea. Yeah. <laughs> For me, it was also. Sometimes I get lonely because I just didn't have like super strong feelings about the side of the LP. And this is the song I'm least likely to revisit because not a fan of 80s ballads. Yeah, all good reasons. Um, I put a little more effort into it, Christy. Oh. (laughs) I have a different song for my C than my time capsule, and it's Data Bank. Oh, okay. Very sadly, a case of Prince revisiting what was a great unreleased track, and I feel like... Ruined it. Really just ruined it. No. It's not nearly as fun. It's just not nearly as fun. It's supposed to be fun, and it's not. Mm -hmm. So because of the lack of fun, and even the music itself, the re-recording is... It's more dated than the original. Oh, wow. Um, 
That's my All opinion. Right, we'll take a listen to it later, but yeah, not not a great rendition mm. to me. Okay. And the mountain, the thing that we like the most. Yeah. Man, I like the skillet. Now, wait, you liked what? Skillet. Right. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know what song you were talking about yeah, there no, for a minute. I'm sorry, that definite article is confusing. Yes. Skillet. It's fast and fun and mostly about making music, which yeah. was really fun. Yes. And a nice departure for the band to be You're just... Right. You know, not talking about being horn dogs. Right. They're talking about the music they make. Right. Testero- Testeroni. <laughs> yes. Uh, my mountain is the very same. Oh. Give me skillet. It's fun, silly, pretty much harmless, and it rocks. Mm-hmm. It rocks very well. It rocks very well. Spoken like <laughs> a young music fan. <laughs> All right. Next time. Next time, we're going to take a deep dive into the first single from the Graffiti Bridge motion picture soundtrack. That's Thieves in the Temple. Mm-hmm. We've got an instrumental B-side, a remix, which is really just an extended version of the song, a couple of Junior Vasquez remixes, mm-hmm. and uh, the music video. That's also, right. both the regular and extended version that's right and if it seems like we're not covering enough we apologize it's only because the holidays are coming but we don't want to leave you without an episode i love hearing from people on sunday morning who tell me how excited they are to listen to the next episode or how sad they are that it's an off week Mm. and i don't want to leave you hanging we thought about it and we're like screw this thing through (laughs) january But we came to our senses. That's so well, you know, we appreciate that you listen to us. We know that you make a choice when you do that. We don't just come on the radio. So we really appreciate you. And we're going to show that appreciation by having another episode. I think that's fair. Yes. Until next time. Happy Purple Listening. Thanks for sticking with us.